Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friend, my partner in radio, my partner in morning radio, morning morning drive time, Piper. Uh, we're like a couple of old grizzled radio guys this morning getting this recording in early. Sans Ronnie Martin, who uh, per your uh, observation of his social media lately is just uh, deeply ensconced in the world of charcuterie, uh, farmer's markets, scones, making other people jealous, um, all things Ronald J. Martin. So we'll, uh, we'll be happy to have him back uh, on the program next week. But Piper, we have phase two of our listener questions. The response was overwhelming. It was so overwhelming uh, that we went an hour plus last time, uh, and we've got yet more questions to wade through this morning, Pipe. So without further ado, man, let's get into that. But before we do, tell them about... Redbud City Coffee Roasters. Yes, Redbud. I'm actually drinking some right now. Uh, I I've, too. I've, I've gone through two 12-ounce bags in the last month, and I'm working on my third. That's how much I enjoy this stuff. There you go. Um, so I'm working on their Brazilian roast currently. So Redbud City Coffee Roasters is our current uh, coffee mogul sponsor. Um, if you go to redbudcoffee.com, you can find all their stuff. Super clean, great website. Explains all about their story and everything like that, but easy to kind of sort through and get which kinds of roasts they are, what all the tasting notes, if you're somebody who's into those kinds of things, which ones are more floral, which ones have more of a cocoa undertone, etc. Um, but the most important thing to know is that if you use the code HAPPYRANT at checkout, you get a 10% discount on your purchase, no matter how large your purchase is. So it's not on one bag, it's on anything you order. So use the code HAPPYRANT, one word, HAPPYRANT, at checkout to get the discount. Uh, it's a great company, great coffee. Go check them out. Redbudcoffee.com. Use the code happy rant. I love it, baby. Good to be coffee moguls. Good to be oh, back. It in that really business. is. You know, um, it's, uh, it's a privilege and an honor. It's one that we take seriously. Uh, also, we take seriously our listeners' questions, Piper. And you have curated these. So are we are we doing sports today? Or are we doing sports in a in a dedicated third app? We're going to do a sports in a dedicated third app. Um, okay. Just because there were so many other questions, and those tend to resonate with the whole audience. We'll we'll nice. We're going to do something special for our sports listeners here in the next in the next Absolutely. couple of weeks. So um, we do have sports questions. We love sports questions, but we're going to shelve those and pull them out for the special occasion. Love it. So we're just going to jump in here. We've got. Uh, We've got a, a whole variety of them, and they kind of range from a little bit more thoughtful to utterly ridiculous. Um, so uh, this one is simply favorite bands and musical artists besides, of course, Ronnie and Joy Electric. Oh, wow. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to let you take that one first, Pipe. I feel like you've been listening to more music lately. Yeah, I feel – and you've probably been listening to the same music since like 1997. So. <laughs> you're you're not wrong. Uh, um. I would Go say ahead. the 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 long standing answer for this is that I love old like jazz trio music. So like the okay. Oscar Peterson trio. That's a that's a standard go to for me. Uh yeah. for writing, for just background music. It's the only kind of music that I've discovered that sort of affects my mood. Most music I listen to in accordance with my mood. Yeah. You know, if I'm up, I want something that's up. If I'm down, I want something that's down. If I'm angry, I want something that's angry. I don't jazz is the one that's just like a calming influence, but nice. in terms of two artists who I who I go back to constantly, one is uh, Gary Clark Jr. Um, he is a kind of a blues rock 
fusion musician. I don't know if you call that fusion. It's just very bluesy rock stuff. He's out of, I think he's out of Austin, Texas. Uh-huh. But he has, he has one of the most amazing voices. Can kind of go from like uh, channeling his, his inner Marvin Gaye on uh-huh. on one side to like just a, a full on sort of rock rasp on the other and he nice. and he's a an insane guitar player so good and the other is Jason Isbell who's probably the best songwriter uh putting out music right now um and he's yeah he's more on like the country rock side of things and so yeah if you like sad songs Jason Isbell uh-huh. is your guy he's like the Enneagram 4's dream uh, oh. just songs about misery and heartbreak despair. and substance yeah. abuse and despair and yeah so wonderful, wonderful um, also <clears throat> also a sneaky amazing guitar player I saw both those guys play within about a year of each other at the Ryman yeah. and uh, that you know that adds a whole element it's like watching a baseball game at Wrigley or something like it just yeah it, it creates the whole experience but those are those are they would be on my short list of favorites Live music concerts, Piper. Rest in peace. Yeah, that do you remember a, that? That, that fun was, uh, thing that we used to do in the past. Yeah, sure. it's gonna it's gonna be like when our parents were like, I used to go to the store and buy a bag of candy for a dime, and it, that just seems <laughs> exactly. pretend. That's what live music will be for our kids. Absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of our kids, Pipe, and I am gonna get to this music question. My kid has been doing homework in my like studio area in the home office. And I just realized the pen that he uses is nicer than any pen I've ever had in my entire life. This thing is amazing. It's like a Rolls Royce. Is it like a uh, like a fountain pen or what? It's 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 heavy. It's me- it's metal. Like it's got a good like girth, a good gravitas to it. Um, I don't know. I use whatever cheap like drugstore pens I can I can get my hands on whatever's whatever's close by. But um, my kid has put some thought into his pen game. So uh so shout out to him. Well I I'm, I'm proud of him for picking up that habit early. I'm I'm not a pen snob, but I am picky yeah. about pens and there's only a couple that I will use with any with any frequency. So, but it was probably in my my mid 20s before I really was like, nope, I need to I need to have a certain kind of pen. So for him to do that in high school is he's ahead See, of the game. That's a hobby I can get behind. I need to become a pen guy because there's no like socio-political implications. No one can like um crap all over me for for my pen choice so i yeah I feel until like you find out they're like made in taiwan and then you know <laughs> exactly. then you're not you're not standing up say, for pen justice right pen justice that's a that's a cause near and dear to my heart for sure but i was gonna say it was one of the few like choices you could make in our culture that wasn't freighted with all kinds of uh hateful undertones but maybe i'm wrong uh <laughs> pipe i'm gonna go in a different direction with this music thing and i'm gonna ask you have you heard the new taylor swift record because I'm loving, I'm loving the collab that she did with uh, with Bonnie Vare. Um, that's oh, what that's I probably the, that is been. the whitest thing that has been said on this oh, podcast since. Now, Scones. See, you got You got to play the race card, pipe. <laughs> you always got to play the race card. Nobody likes Bonnie Vare, but like pasty, yeah, lives, pasty you know, just, wan, like yeah, healthy white dudes, skinny, like yeah. looks like they just need to mix in a cheeseburger. White dudes, yeah, that's you mean, it. You mean every white dude in Nashville? Then you uh, East Nashville, yes. all of your people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. West Nashville has like your 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 sporty like crossfitty guys. Yeah, East yeah, Nashville yeah. has the Bonnie Bear fans. Um, I haven't heard it, although everything I've heard about it is that she had sort of an artistic rediscovery, and apparently it's brilliant. So. Yeah, I'm going to defend it. I I think you know, her voice is kind of maturing and the song 
you you spoke of like Enneagram Four music. Like to me, this is the ultimate kind of like Enneagram Four song. Gosh, I hate Enneagram Fours, and I am one. Um, and I do hate myself. That's well documented on this program, so it's it's not like a surprise to anybody. But uh, enjoying the new Taylor Swift collab. Uh, I mentioned that my pandemic song was "Here's to the Night" by Eve Six, um, which is the '90sest Enneagram Four song, probably. Um, bands I love the aesthetic of Pearl Jam, um, greatest show I've ever seen live, Metallica, um, live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, at uh, whatever they're calling their arena downtown now. Oh, uh, man, yeah, it's, it's like yeah, Dutch Dutch Reformed Microbrew Arena or something like that. Yeah, Dutch Reformed Amway Microbrew Arena. Yeah, um, I don't know, but uh, those are those are some of the bands that I've that I've enjoyed over the years. Um, I've been enjoying Meek Mill lately. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I I'm so it's, glad you're answering this question. Like, none of this is my laughter is not judgment. It's just I, I love listening to you pull out the bands that that kind of haven't been anything for a while. It's been a weird pandemic for me, Piper. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I pay no mind to like currentness of anything, save for the Taylor I, Swift. I feel like music especially, it feeds the lie that new is better. Like look for the new. I'm yes. like, no, just look for what's good. Like Look for what you it, like. Yeah. And, look for what you like. And sometimes you circle back around to stuff and realize your tastes have changed. Because I did not like most of the 90s pop and rock in the 90s. But also, I was like between the ages of 10 and 20. So I, yeah. I can be excused for poor judgment, I think. And now yeah. I go back to it and I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> a lot of this so, was pretty catchy. I kind of like it. Yeah, no, totally. Let me, let me ask you a music-related follow-up question. And then we'll get back on, on task because we got a hard out. I feel like one of the things that's great about being an adult now is that no one cares what music you listen to and and there's no there is no judgment right it's like as a 44 year old man i'm completely irrelevant anyway so like no one cares what i listen to but i wondered pipe if that's different in nashville because there's sort of a music quote-unquote scene in nashville are you a little more under the gun to listen to cool things in your metro area as opposed to mine um i think it depends on if you're I think it depends on if you're in the music world. I mean, Nashville is a music world. You, you know, you're, yeah. you're two degrees of separation from somebody who's in the music industry all the time. Sure. But uh, I think there's also a, a sense of kind of anything goes. And so, like, if you go, I know a couple guys who are, you know, session guitarists. And so they're, they're professional musicians. They play on albums. Their job is to go be the best guitar player in the room at any given time. Yeah. And you ask them what they listen to. They're not necessarily hunting down new music as much as studying the greats. So they're going to yeah. list, they're going to list guys who played guitars in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, mm -hmm. classic rock, 80s rock. And that's totally fine. Like they don't need to be up on stuff. The yeah. people who, who, who are pretentious are like the, the Bonnie Vare, Juan, skinny, you know, yeah. greasy haired, fedora wearing chumps <laughs> who, you know, every band they like just sounds like a string of words. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not even, it doesn't mean anything. It's just, it, it yeah. everything is a little bit offbeat. And so they're the ones who are like, well, I haven't heard of them, but have you heard of so-and-so? And it just feels like uh -huh. a one-upmanship contest. Yeah. But I'd, I'd say that's a fairly small crowd for the most part you can just kind of like what you like there you go man that's as it should be for sure yeah just all right just pipe, a, that was it you can kind of look at certain people and go i'm not talking to them about music this is not going to go well 
I feel like that was a really solid first question in that it, it, it spurred on a lot of dialogue. We had a little digression into my son's pen stuff, but, uh, but we, we, we came back strong on that music question pipe. What do, what do we have next? All right, so this one, I forgot to list the name of the last person, and then I made it go away. So my apologies to the lady who sent that in. It really was a strong starting question yeah. um, on me for not, for not giving you proper credit. So BJ Geronimo, which is a cool name, by the way, um, asks us, this year has been epic for the wrong reasons. Do you have a year that you'd like to live over again because it was just so good? That's a great question. Dude, for me, this one's easy. 1985. Uh, 1985, I was nine years old. Back to the Future came out. My favorite team, the Chicago Bears, won Super Bowl twenty, And I was nine. So, like, everything everything was still on the table for me, dreaming-wise. You know what I mean? When you're nine, you're going to be like... You're going to play in the NBA when it's in the winter. You're going to play in the NFL when it's the fall. You're going to play in MLB when it's summer. I mean, your your dreams are big. The world is your oyster. You're in fourth grade, so the school works not very hard. Um, nine is a is a good age, and uh, 1985 was a good year for me. It was pre, obviously pre cell phones, pre social media, rotary dial phones. Life was an exercise in like getting home from school, making a bologna sandwich, calling my friend on my rotary dial phone, and then like meeting up in the yard to play sports. I mean, what jump, can be better jumping than- on your BMX bike and and going Dude, seriously doing like the the neighborhood biker gang thing. And we we sound like such old men, and we sound like what our parents sounded like when they idealized like the fifties or the sixties or whatever. But like, it truly was a nice time. I would go back there. I would trade now for then in a heartbeat. Even even pre pandemic now, you know, even before yeah. you know everything, you know, went to went to hell this year. Like I would I would trade this for that, hands down. Man, this is a tough one for me because I'm not I'm nostalgic about moments, but not mm-hmm. like eras. Yeah. Like I don't look back on high school and say those are the best years of my life. I look back on high school and go, man, I had some of the most fun moments. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I dreamt about my high school last night. It's crazy. You mentioned that. That's so funny. Yeah. I, the the only thing that comes to mind when I think of this is you know, when I was 17 years old, I was probably as as good of an athlete mm-hmm. um as as I will ever be. Yeah. Uh you know, I could I could dunk a basketball barely, but I could. Yeah. I you know, I was a started as a varsity starter on the football team. Nice. I you know, I just and I didn't have to work at anything. It just yeah. it all kind of came easy. I wasn't a great athlete, but I was a as good as I would ever be, serviceable, serviceable <laughs> and, athlete. Yeah, and at thirty-seven now, I, I'm I'm at the point where I'm afraid to go play pickup basketball because I'm like, this is when people tear hamstrings by running too fast, <laughs> dude. Totally, you know, or trying totally. too hard or jumping. I was talking to a friend of mine who's, you know, we we graduated from high school together, and uh, he's like, yeah, you have to change your game when you hit your mid thirties because he blew out his knee a couple years ago. He said, yeah, you just do all the same things and never jump. And yeah. I was like, well, that doesn't sound like basketball to me. <laughs> and well, uh, so I, I think it's not a year as much as it is. I would like to reclaim the mm-hmm. freedom of athleticism without thinking or trying. That sounds yeah. wonderful to me. Dude, that's a great answer. And uh, I, I agree 100%. Um, and yeah, with the basketball, you just have to start watching different guys film now. Um, you have to watch a lot of Bill Winnington and Will Purdue and guys who didn't jump. 
You know, make those guys your your new paradigm. Well, yeah, I just I think about it now, and I think I used to play pickup basketball. There was a group from church who would play, and there was guys who were in their you know late thirties, early forties, so our yeah. our general demographic currently, and they never jumped. They were like yeah. stick their butt in you and back you <laughs> into the stanchion, and then flip totally. in layups and. Yep. And I That's hated game, playing. 100%. I hated playing against those guys. Plus, they had like old man strength, and I was you know seventeen and, and lanky. Um, exactly. And so, yeah, it, it's. I, I think there's there's still a lot of life to be lived. I'm not. I don't have to be washed up in terms of fun. Yeah. But just yeah, easy, thoughtless athleticism, being invincible. That seemed oh, that seems really nice to regain. It's so nice. Yeah, it's so nice for sure. All right. Um, we have a couple questions here, and uh, we may we may want to sit on this one until Ronnie's back. So I'm going to throw it out here as a tease, and we can decide okay. whether or not we go with it. So, yeah. uh, are you familiar with the situation surrounding Jerry Falwell Jr.? <laughs> yeah, a little bit familiar. Oh, right. I, okay. I saw. Are you allowed I... to discuss this, being that you also work in higher education? Man, I, I don't know. This, this is one of those issues, pipe. And correct me if I'm wrong. Like. There's there's only one really way to discuss it, and you know it's not like anybody's going to be defending Falwell's behavior. Um, you know, Liberty, not knowing a lot about Liberty, other than what I see in the kind of mainstream media, um, you know, it, it always seemed like this type of thing was uh, possible. I guess I'll say, yeah, what, whatever word is one gradation stronger than possible. Um, but, but less than likely, you know, I mean, look, money, power, uh, influence again, we we've talked ad nauseum about how we, and by we, I mean, just humans, we, we, we all want these things, but then these are the very same things that, you know, become our undoing when we finally attain them. And I think there's, there's some of that at play here in the, in the Liberty situation. Now I know full well that our listener you know they they want us to be funny and gossipy and you know lascivious in our like discussion of this but i don't think i can do that given where i work and you probably can't either um well and i yeah i think there's there there are a billion jokes to be made because sure. of the photo situations he put themselves in for example yeah. a follow up question from somebody so this first question comes from Kristen Bishop and it just says will mm-hmm. Fallwell Jr be back and then what is our favorite recipe for quote unquote black water which was what he claimed he was holding in his hand that looked a lot like a distilled beverage to those right. of us who are familiar with such things um so those are those are fair questions. The follow up one was from somebody else who said, uh, "Have you ever posted selfies with your zipper undone?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, which you know, they see there we go. There's a joke to be made. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I, I think I, it really is a frustrating situation for me because of the power of the Fallwells historically, yeah, and the influence over a whole portion of evangelicalism. No, I think Jerry has lost Jerry Jr. has lost a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, it's it's much more discouraging to me than it is humorous to watch oh, sure. to watch yeah. somebody come unglued and still be claiming the name of Jesus. That really just yeah. pisses me off. And yeah. and I don't get offended at the point of like you know, like pearl clutching offensive, but yeah, it's it's pretty heinous. <laughs> it really it makes is, me angry. Dude, and I yeah, this is this is where I lean on. And again, we're becoming the NEF Downs podcast, the Enneagram 4 
standpoint of I just feel like the world has become like a godless hellscape and come Lord Jesus. Like that's yeah, that's and, kinda where I'm at with And as in Enneagram eight, I I just want to fight somebody. Like yeah, this it go. makes that me works too. there's there's a there's a part of there's a part of me that's just like that's not the way it should be. So somebody needs to go like uh, forcibly correct this situation. Like, why yeah. hasn't somebody dragged him out behind his office and, and beat some sense into him? That That's my <laughs> yeah. sort of visceral reaction. Yeah. No, and to I, answer I the it. other question, I don't post selfies at all, if possible. And uh, I check to make sure my zipper's up before I go in any public situation or any yeah. photo op. So, no, never done that. Also, never done the photos with arms around co-ed, any sort of black water. I have some black water recipes I enjoy, but they're not paying me to say what they are, so they don't get any yeah. sponsorship credit on here. So there you go. And you don't know anything about Blackwater. You work at a Baptist institution. Absolutely. All right. Um, Joe McVicker asks Being reformed, are you allowed to admit you read books for fun? If so, what are a few of your favorite fiction books? And I will say to Joe, I really appreciate the way he asked this question because it wasn't like, give me your top 10. It was just like, hey, throw out some titles that you enjoy or authors yeah. or whatever. So the open-endedness is great. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Are we are allowed we, to do are, anything for fun as Reformed? Yeah. Um, only if we can write a lengthy essay about the redemptive qualities of fun. Absolutely, dude. The fun which, has to be an academic exercise. Which, in fact, teased me up to promo my book releasing in October, which is called hey Hoping yo. for Happiness, which is sort of about the redemptive aspects of fun. Actually, <laughs> there you go, dude. True. But Ultimate it, reform guy flex right there. It, it could be about that if I wanted to write a reformed guy book. Instead, it's more like, it's okay to have fun, guys. There's a, there's yeah. a lot of that in there. But also, you will resonate with the... Also, the world sucks and is coming apart, so maybe your fun won't be ultimately happy. Um, there we go. There we it, go. So yeah, a little hope, something for everybody in that book. Piper. Yeah. Hoping for happiness coming out October 1st. You can pre-order it now wherever you buy books. Now, back to Joe's question. Uh, so I think for reform guys, it either has to be... So the fun thing, whether it's a movie or a meal or whatever, it either has to be an academic exercise or it has to be like... Um, an aesthetic appreciation kind of thing, right? So you meet the reform guys who are super into, uh, I don't know, expensive cigars or expensive bourbon or whatever. And it's like, you know, I'm just enjoying God's good grace by... Or, or Bonnie Vare. Yeah, or by sipping on this like $75 bottle of scotch or whatever, or Bonnie Vare or whatever. Yeah, whatever the case, movies in the case of Brett McCracken, you know, and the, and the, the academic exercise. So I think... Yeah, we 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 have to convince ourselves that there's some like higher purpose to it. But but if we can do that, then we're okay to like read, watch, eat, drink, do all that for fun. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that, I think we. I, I don't know if it's I don't know if puritanical is the right word, but we mm -hmm. have we have so bought into the and pardon me, pops, bought into the don't waste your fill in the blank mentality. Yeah, dude, your pops just launched that whole thing, man. Big time. Yeah, it's uh it it and and that just means it it's put us in a situation where we don't know what wasting means anymore exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um totally. we don't we don't we can't attach particular actions to greater purposes very cleanly and so we mm -hmm. just write off the particular actions. Well, that seems like it's too much fun with that might be a waste. Yeah. And I I just 
feel like if that was the case, I mean, all of the verses in the Bible about wine making your heart glad and enjoying the wife of your youth and, you know, just, and then just look around at creation at, you know, the sheer, uh, expanse of beautiful, fun, creative things, the creative power of humans to put together stories and music and wonderful food and all these things. I think if that, if God did not want us to revel in those things, he would not have created, I I don't think that's a world of temptation. I think it's a world of good, which we then can idolize, which is to say, have fun, y'all. Like, (laughs) go, go and go eat a burger and drink a beer or soda or coffee or whatever. And, uh, and laugh with your friends and tell a joke and listen to songs and all that stuff. So uh, I think reform people need permission to just have fun and realizing that having fun is part of what makes God pleased with us. Like, I don't think he's waiting for us to get around to the meaningful stuff when we are enjoying ourselves. Yeah, no, I totally agree, man. A hundred percent. So what's one novel you've read recently that's been fun? Oh man. Um, so I read one recently. It was recommended to me by by somebody. As we were talking about westerns and how much we enjoy yeah. westerns, and kind of tossing back and forth things that we enjoy. And he said, "Have you read one called The Sun by Philip Meyer?" And I hadn't heard of it, so I went and got it. And uh, it is, yeah, it's just brilliant. It's a brilliant book, and it's it's sort of looking at multiple generations of this family, but it alternates between them. So it starts in like the late eighteen hundreds. Then it goes to like the 1920s or 30s and then the like the 1990s and kind of the different generations. Nice. And then it weaves the stories together because it kind of starts with blanks. How did we get here? What are these family mysteries? Nice. And Myers, yeah, he's a brilliant writer. So The Sun by Philip Myers, one that I just loved from a purely like, this is brilliant writing and the storytelling was so good. Dude, I'm going to check that out. I need a good Western, dude. I've been in the mood for a Western. Lonesome uh, Dove is another great one. I read that a while ago, but like just in terms yeah. of fantastic writing and characters that you just, some of them you absolutely love and some of them you absolutely hate. It's, 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 who's that? Larry McMurtry wrote that, I yeah. think. It's really good. Yeah, dude. I, I just bought a revolver. So, uh, did you? I'm, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm, uh, I've been enjoying it too. We're having fun with it. So I'm not like a huge gun guy, but, but I own a couple and, uh, yeah, the revolver, I've always wanted a revolver and, and, uh, it's a blast. So, uh, I need a, a Western novel to go with it. So I'll, uh, I'll check out one of those for sure. What's next Piper? Well, you didn't answer the question. What's something? Oh you- yeah, that's right. That's right. Dude. So KK brought this novel home recently and I've, I've struggled to read during the pandemic. Not that like I've forgotten how to like read words or sentences, but it, I've had a hard time like settling down to read and finish anything. But she brought this this novel home a while ago called uh, The Interestings. Uh, it's by a woman named Meg Wallitzer. And the premise is, it's all these people that are like our age now. But when they were kids, they went to this like kind of snooty fine arts camp in the Northeast. The kind of fine arts camp where everybody is convinced that they're going to become the next, whatever, you know, the next filmmaker, the next great musician, whatever, whatever. And they're, and they're all kind of rich kids and it follows them from this camp through their lives. And it it really tells the story of what happens when you realize you're not exceptional, right? Except there is one guy in their group who becomes exceptional. And in the, in the world that the book creates, he becomes like, the guy who makes their equivalent of the Simpsons, right? So this huge 
animated cartoon that just gets syndicated all over the place and becomes this huge deal. Um, so, so kind of the dynamic that happens too, when one of your friends gets ultra successful and everybody else kind of stays normal. Uh, it's fascinating, dude, because those, those dynamics are real in friend groups. And I think the dynamic of, you know, growing up being convinced that you're going to be amazing and then realizing that very few people are exceptional, you know, it's, it's a real, it's a real thing, you know, and it's a, a real kind of moment that most people walk through, I think. So a uh, good book called The Interestings, Meg Wallitzer, not at all Christian, obviously, but uh, but a really fascinating insight into the human experience. I I love when authors can kind of put themselves in a scenario that they've created. So it kind of world building, but also just sort of like, what, what, what if I was in this situation? What if yeah. I was a rich elitist who got sent to this camp and then found out that I was you know, an entirely average CPA or something like that. Exactly. Those are, there's just exactly. a, uh, there's a level of sort of human introspection and, uh, yeah. and just kind of the brilliant creativity to recognize what yeah. other humans are feeling. So that sounds, Absolutely. that sounds amazing. It was really good. Yeah. Really, really good. All right. We get this question. The two, two people, Rachel S and Sandy Garman both asked the same question more or less and it was the origin story of the happy rant and we've we've answered this on previous episodes usually it's at live events which yeah. again may they rest in peace it was a lot I of know. fun when we could see humans but uh, uh. that's not happening anymore so um i think we can give the quick flyover version of this but yeah um so I'll Dude, start. You give the quick flyover because okay. yeah, you were here from day one, like yeah. literal day one. With literal day one. So yeah. uh, in 2013, I think it was, um, I was I was writing and kind of partnering on a website with Stephen L. Trogi, who's a name you'll you will have heard periodically uh, come up on this podcast. Trogs, yes. So he Ron's former neighbor. He runs and ran. Yes, yeah, right. Former neighbor has now moved. I think back to Florida, but uh, he. He runs and ran a website called The Blazing Center, which this was back when blogs still mattered. Um, so at the time, it was kind of him and his dad, and then he started bringing in other writers, and I was one of the ones. And so we did some stuff, and then he approached me and said, you know, it seems like we have similar sensibilities, similar sense of humor. What if we sort of did some YouTube videos? I don't even know if they still exist on the internet. I haven't looked. Where we just riff on stuff. Um, and so he and I did that probably probably for about a month or a month and a half. So maybe four, six of these videos. And then we started getting feedback from people saying, why don't you guys do a podcast? The video, this will tell you that it was a different era. People like the video is just, it's kind of inconvenient. Um, You know, people would rather just listen. And so we talked about it. I'm like, that's a good idea, but we probably need a third person. And Stephen was like, oh, I know this guy named Ted. And I was familiar with Ted from a distance, but I don't think we had ever... No, we never met, dude. Never yeah, interacted. Never, met, never connected. I think yeah. I might have emailed you when I worked at Moody about doing something with one of your one of your maybe your adoption book. Yeah, um, maybe. But it was you know that was just a purely business. I was I was a non entity in your life at that point. Yeah. Um. And so you, maybe you remember what that interaction looked like, Stephen asking you to do this thing, and I was just like, sure, whatever, I'll try it. Uh, we, yeah. What's What's the downside? So he reached out to you. This would have been maybe early 2014, late 2013, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And and so for the first probably th- two and a half, three years of this podcast, Stephen was the host uh-huh. and Ted and I were the 
the other voices. And Steven's style of hosting, if you go back and listen, was very different than what Ted does. He he was very much like, why don't we play this? Like we're gonna we're gonna put together a program. We're gonna play a game. You know, yeah, we're gonna do a bit. We're gonna play a game. We did a, we did yeah. a lot of like pastor drafts and things yeah. like that, which it, it was fun. Like we were kind of it figuring fun. it out. It yeah. it worked well. Um, and then after a couple years, Steven uh, tapped out and said he needed to focus on other things and move on. And so Ronnie Martin had filled in a couple times, either when Ted was gone or when I was gone yeah. as the just kind of the third voice. And I didn't know Ronnie from Adam when he filled in. It was just this random dude, which was a little bit weird, yeah. trying to have like a rapport with somebody you've never right. talked to. Um, Dude, I did know Ronnie at that time. So right. Ronnie and I had become friends. We've been friends for like going on a decade now, probably. And it was one of those weird Venn diagram things where like, I don't know if Ronnie and Trogues were friends, but they were definite. My sense of it was that Trogues had a real sort of uh, admiring fanboy kind of relationship with Ron. And, um, <laughs> and, and <laughs> some things don't change. That was the that was the nature of it. I could be wrong. But uh, but yeah, I was friends with Ron. Trogues knew Ron, so it kind of made sense to to bring him in as the third guy, the third guy in the booth. And I've been told by a lot of people, and I agree with this, that like we're all very different, but the 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 dynamic of the show really needs all three of us. And uh, I think we all three bring our, something our, apo- our apologies for these last couple episodes to whoever said that. Well, yeah, I, I mean, our apologies to like everyone for Ron being on the road two thirds of the year. But, uh, you know, we, we, we do with that what we can, but, uh, but yeah, dude, and my experience was the same in that it felt like an easy thing to say yes to, you know, especially as the blogosphere was kind of winding down, social media was winding up. I didn't want to be on social media. So this felt like an easy thing to say yes to. And it, and it, it has been really fun. Like it, in those early years, it felt like a little bit of an obligation. Like I remember saying to my wife, "Oh, I got to tape the podcast." But you know, now it's something that like I truly look forward to it. You know, it's like a little a little moment of refreshment in my week. Well, yeah, and and, uh, and it's it's created an interesting an interesting just sort of uh, different friendship dimension because part of one of these questions was, you know, have you ever met in person? How did you know each other? So you knew Ron previously. Yeah, I've never met Stephen Altrogi in person. Um, <clears throat> Interesting. I haven't either. I don't think I, I've ever been in the same room as Trogues. I don't think I had. I think the first time I met you in person was when you were you came, you were coming to Nashville to visit family, and so you and I recorded an episode yep. together at Lifeway's old office. building. Yeah, and then we yep. went out and and uh, grabbed dinner or something like that afterwards. And that was like the first time uh-huh. we had ever met and hung out. But we yep. had been talking on microphones to each other for for years, three like or four years, years at that point. Yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, the first time I met Ronnie was at our first live event, I think. Yep. And so... Yeah, dude, that's wild. Yeah, there's a... That's so funny. There's a touch of that, like, uh, <laughs> long-distance dating, internet relationship thing, and then you meet the person <laughs> uh, face-to-face, and you're like, "What? how does this dynamic work here? Because there's yeah. different dimensions. I don't... I've never... The other thing is, we never do video on this podcast. So, at that point, no. I didn't... Like, I don't know, I didn't know Ronnie's facial expressions or mannerisms. Yeah. And, you know, you combine those with talking to somebody and the, it shifts things. Uh, it does. Just in terms of how to read and, and react to somebody. Um, but, yeah, it, I don't think any of us would do this podcast if we didn't continue to find it fun. Like, if this totally. becomes a, we have an obligation to a listener 
thing for for multiple yeah. episodes in a row, we'll probably just go. Maybe it's time to hang the cleats up. Yeah, and definitely, man. And hopefully, we're all on the same page when that when yeah. that moment comes. But really, it's it's been super surprising how people have responded. You know, we we've had yeah. we had a growing listenership for a long time. And it's kind of plateaued, but mm-hmm. I don't think that's because we've we've lost momentum as much as because there are seven million other podcasts starting every week. Yeah, dude. Like literally everyone has a podcast. And I know that's a cliche thing to talk about, but it's it's really true. It feels a little bit like not not that there's competition because people can subscribe to eighty eighty podcasts at a time, but mm-hmm. um it feels a little bit like having arrived first and then just sort of fending off the others. And you're like, if we just stick yeah, this out, they're yeah. going to go away. You know, as we learned recently, though, not naming any names, not all new podcasts are good podcasts. <laughs> That's true. That is yeah. very true. Yeah. Um. Okay. So that's a little bit about the origin story, and uh, so yeah, I guess we're this year marks seven years of crazy dude. podcast related activities. So we're happy the biblical related. number of perfection. You know, it's apropos. I'm gonna skip a few of these questions that I think would would benefit from Ronnie's input because they're kind of sure. church related, the kind of stuff yeah. that he loves to uh, yeah, get real excited about and then give non opinions on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's a sport. and then give us the real opinion off the air. After that's we, right. After we name named names and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not answering that one. That's more Falwell stuff. Ah, here's a fun one. Uh, if you were on a deserted island and left alone for a year with an emergent church leader, who would you pick? Oh my gosh, dude! <laughs> uh. I think the question is who who could we eat? Yeah, no doubt, man. Who could we eat? Who, who would feed us for the longest? Oh man, who who would feed us for the longest? Probably Brian McLaren. Frankly, I don't know what any of these guys yeah. look like, except for Doug Paget is very thin and has has. A I feel little... like a lot of them are thin. You know, um, Doug Paget, dude, that's a name I haven't heard in yeah. 10 years. Is that Tony, guy still around? Is he still like, doing I think stuff? he's still doing the Solomon's porch thing in Minneapolis. Wow. Is that last I heard? So, dude, uh, he's probably loving life right now as Minneapolis kind of burns to the ground. And this, this is, this is an emergent guy's like big moment, I'm guessing. <laughs> um, you get to be finally on the quote unquote right side of all these things. This is amazing. Yeah. The, being on the right side of history and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I just found the question funny for its premise. I don't actually oh, have hilarious. an answer. Um, I don't have an answer. No, I mean, I, I, in some ways, it's impossible to come up with an answer because um, the answer is none of them. But yeah, that sounds. I mean, there are categories of people who might be worse to be stuck on an island with, but there's not a lengthy list of. I'm I'd gonna, rather. I'd rather be I'm stuck gonna, on an island with like an imam. Yeah, I'm gonna take a stab at this dude. And I'm going to go... Pun practical. completely intended? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say Rob Bell because he knows how to surf. I feel like that would come in handy on an island, you know, for recreational purposes. But also you could like, you could like lay with your belly on the surfboard and like yeah. go out and maybe like stab some fish. Oh, or that's, that's a good call. I, thinking about it, that, yeah. I don't... I, I associate this guy with emergent church, although I think it's mm-hmm. mostly just era related, not, yeah. uh, not personal related. Yeah. Uh, is it John Eldridge? 
the wild at yeah. heart guy wild at heart guy yeah 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 because i feel like that man knows how to oh, like dude that guy make, a, make a fishing spear out of a tree well, branch absolutely. and you know rustle a grizzly bear to, not that there's a lot of grizzly bears on islands but you know yeah there's some survival skills i, I think he would drive me nuts because he'd try to pep talk me every morning but uh yeah dude you'd have to live through the pep talks and kind of nod and smile a lot but then once he once he left the hut to like Go hunt down your dinner. You, yeah, like you, you go appreciate go make knowledge. a a water jug out of tree bark or something. I'd be yeah, like, man, this is. I think this is a net gain. We're gonna survive. Yeah, and with Rob Bell, I feel like even though we don't agree on anything theologically, I feel like Rob Bell's a he's kind of a find the common ground guy. So like, I feel like we could connect over a few things. You know, I mean, we could talk about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers since he was responsible for Roger's apostasy apparently and I, I don't know like we could talk a little football and talk a little uh you know kind of kind of kind of you know we could get kind of academic about stuff and uh I don't know I feel like that could be a fun hang <laughs> yeah I agree there's man there's so many more good ones but I'm going to end with this because it's we have, we have just have a couple minutes left before yeah. I have to roll um this is this is a premise that needs sussing out and okay. this is from, I don't actually know this person's name. It is El Burro. So he is okay. the donkey. Um, <laughs> Good Spanish, Piper. Yep. Solid. I know I know some occasional Spanish words. Um, here, here we go. I yep. visited Elevation Church once and watched Furtick walk into the crowd, stand six inches away from my friend who was sitting down, who was visiting with me, and hold eye contact with him for a solid 30 seconds as he preached. Not a question, just a true story that I would love to hear sussed out. Mm. Wow. So I think the first question is, A, would you visit Elevation Church if you were ever in that, I think it's South Carolina, uh, yeah. if you were ever in the area? Dude, see, I wouldn't because A, I'm not like, and, and I want to hear from you on this, as a vacation guy, like I'm not a oh it's Sunday and I'm on vacation we got to find a church you know I'm not I'm not that guy like I'm okay with not going to church on vacation or whatever rather than just like randomly finding some place to go and be an awkward visitor at um and be like I'm not a I'm not a novelty church visitor um I've only ever done that one time and I was on a <laughs> I was on a trip with my my buddy Scott from college shout out Scott house. And, um, we, for some reason on a whim, like stopped by Bill Hybels mega church in Chicago. This was, this was in the nineties. So Willow, uh, Willow Creek. I know it well. Yeah. Willow Creek. It felt like a bulls game, dude. I mean, there were like 20,000 vehicles in the parking lot and like parking attendants and, um, like you, you streamed in and out of certain gates and it was, yeah, it was definitely an arena feel. So, um, so yeah, that was the only time I've ever like novelty visited a church and uh, I don't know that I would do it again. It was underwhelming. Yeah, I. So growing up, uh, we got dragged to church on vacation because my parents yeah. were the like, we need to go to, we need to attend church on, and it, and it sucked. Yeah. I hated it so much. Oh yeah. Uh, you For know, sure. some random Lutheran church in like Cambridge, <laughs> yeah. Isani, Minnesota, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. So yeah, I'm I'm generally like, uh, vacationing can include. Also, not attending church. No, yeah. no offense to yeah. people, yeah. but also I can live stream the service from the church that I actually am committed to, exactly. and and sort of maintain some connection there, and that works well. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know that I would visit. I also have grown in maturity to realize that hate watching church seems like a really bad idea. So um, <clears throat> the only reason I would visit that church is out of skepticism, cynicism, and for podcast yeah. fodder, which yeah, is to get not, material for the show. Not a great know? reason to to visit a church. Right. It's a great reason to right. go like a concert or a movie or whatever. Not so much a church. Um, I would even put conferences on the okay list. But yeah. All right. Second question. Hypothetically, say say a good friend of yours was like, "Hey, come with me," and you were like, "Fine, I will yeah. acquiesce and I will attend." Yeah. And then Furtick stood six inches in front of you, locked eyes with you, and preached in his—I don't know what the word—very um, expressive and dramatic manner. Yeah. At you, uh-huh. Ted Cluck. How yeah. how would you respond? How would you feel? What uh, what would your reaction be? Okay, so. Speaking of westerns, remember that scene in uh, in Tombstone where they're at the OK Corral and like uh, they're staring each other down. They've all got their pistols drawn, and Doc Holliday is staring at like Johnny Ringo, and he winks at him. Yes, and then everybody starts firing. Like that's the inciting incident. That's the thing that kicks off like the gunfight. I think that's probably what I would do. With Furtick. Also, I don't... Wink at him and shoot him? (laughs) Wink at him and shoot him. Not shoot him, for the record. Like, that'll get taken out of context, for sure. But, no, I I would... I I don't think Piper... Here's the thing. I don't think I could keep a straight face. Like, if another grown man got that close to me and was, like, half-rap sing-songing me for minutes at a time... I just think I would lose it and I would laugh <laughs> and smile and I would look at my buddy and I would be like, what What's is happening? On? Yeah, what is happening? This is so funny. Um, I'd probably smile and or start laughing and or wink at him a la Doc Holliday. Yeah, I, I think I would freeze because every reaction that came to mind would be problematic. The other yeah. thing is if I was sitting down and he was standing up, we'd be about the same height. So it would genuinely be like eye to eye. And that would, you know, I'm not a giant. I'm 6'2". I think you're about the same height, 6'2", 6'3". So yeah, both of us would be like looking him square in the eye. Um, Uh Yeah, I think winking, possibly licking your lips suggestively just to see if you could throw him off his game. Yeah, Um, yeah. Or just, you know, playing to the camera a little bit. Exactly. Or just like giving him a big hug, you know? If he gets that, I feel like if somebody enters your personal space, they either want to fight or they want to hug. So... That would ruin whatever shirt you're wearing, though. There'd be a lot of like, you know, residue and yeah, a lot of, axe lot of body spray and a lot know. of hair, a lot of hair wax and yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and odiferous things. So if you're okay with losing the shirt, then you know you could you could give him a hug. Yeah, I feel like it would probably smell like the you know the general aura of smoke machines and things like that anyway. So <clears throat> yeah, um, it smelled yeah. like night at the Roxbury. You know, whatever that smells like. <laughs> oh, I can smell it from here. Yeah, that's exactly. a that's a whole that's a whole blend. Um, yeah. Listeners did send in a lot of other questions, so we'll just hold them, and maybe we can yeah. do more in the future. We have the sports ones that we will we're we're gonna do another episode on, but I think that's it for today, though. I think we've, we've yeah used our time and covered we've covered a variety here, dude. Shout out to our listeners for amazing questions. These are these are thoughtful people, and. Um, even if the number has plateaued a little bit, I feel like we have we have quality. 
and we have quantity. I mean, right? to be I mean, fair, we have it's, both. It's still grown a little bit the last few months. It's just, you know, yeah. for a while it was like month over month, massive growth. We've we've not seen that, which also means, listeners, go give us a rating and review, which yeah. we haven't asked Five for stars. forever. Five-star reviews. Yeah. And, yeah, share this. Tell your friends. Uh, invite people to listen with you um, in a time of isolation. You, it can be it can be a shared communal experience where you listen and then discuss via Zoom or something. So yeah, yeah make the most of it. Yeah, good word, pipe. Good word to the uh, to the listeners there for the five star. Um, well, we have done what we always do in this program, Piper. Uh, we've wandered to and fro throughout some amazing listener questions, and until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Do you want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary down to the steeple towers of the local church. Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com.